2: Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast.
1: This is Long Shots, Vison's premier golf betting podcast. Here's Matt Brown, Wes Reynolds, and Kelly Bidlin.
3: Welcome to another Monday episode of Long Shots, the golf betting podcast that John Rahm absolutely despises. I'm Kelly Bidlin. He's Wes Reynolds. And, of course, he won another outright this week. I finished in second again on the PGA Tour this week. This week, Wes. Good to be talking to you here, my man, and congratulations on another outright victory.
4: Yeah, thank you, uh, born Olsson, The Thunder Bearer goes ahead and wins by four over at the Thailand Classic, 22-1, to one, uh, finishes four ahead of Yannick Paul. So now, going into this week, of course, they're going to be in the Indian Open. Now his price gets cut in half when he wins. So, you know, it's just uh, I'm hitting him over there, but not over here because, I'd like, look, like I said in the uh, Visa newsletter last week uh, that that our COO Bill Eighty sends out every morning. You can't really go that far down the board yeah. in these elevated oh. events, but I didn't think you had to go to the top of the board every <laughs> single time because John Rom, by the way, has won three events this year: thirteen to two at the uh, Century Tournament of Champions in Kapalua, thirteen to two at the American Express, which wasn't an elevated event. And then last week at the Genesis, he was seven or 15 to two plus 750. So John Rahm uh, has now won a little less than $10 million. Yeah. already and we're not even to the end
0: of february right?
3: it is silly five times in his last nine times that he's teed up guys make sure to hit that like button subscribe to the pod rate and review and follow us all on twitter at kelly bidlin for myself at west one uh for wes on twitter and at matt brown m2 for matt brown he is not with us today west because uh, i'm pretty sure he is currently recovering from eating a ghost pepper chip of some kind on final countdown so yes uh we talk about betting on the show and we're and we're serious because when we lose bets we have to pay him up and that's exactly what matt brown is doing right now and i believe from all reports around visa he is really paying for it so that is not why that is why you don't get matt brown today and you get me screwing up names and everything already reminder on monday's episodes what we'll always do here is do a quick recap of the event that just was and then a quick look ahead to the upcoming event this week that would be the honda classic a uh, tournament that i'm very familiar with having been there uh, for several years covering the event down in South Florida. Uh, Wes, we want to start, though, right there with Rom. Rahm. Uh, obviously, this is a topic we have been discussing the past uh, couple episodes. His betting numbers, can, uh, his outright numbers can hit and get shorter and shorter and shorter. Um, I was on Max Homa and Patrick Camley, uh Matt Brown on Max Homa. I believe you were not on Homa this week, no. right? So you didn't get to play those uh, mind games with us. Uh, I know Matt and I both were able to get in on ROM live to mitigate some of the damage. I also did uh, was able to uh, get a dead-heated first-round leader bet home with Keith Mitchell. So that was nice. Made it a nice winning week for me. Yeah. Some finishing position bets. A heavy, heavy hedge on John ROM. We're, uh, we, we'll talk Tiger Woods in a little bit, but besides Tiger, your biggest takeaway is just kind of from the event Uh, from last week at Riviera
4: yeah I mean look it was a good event a lot of people were obviously complaining about the uh hole number 10 uh you know different ways to play it uh you could either go for it or you could lay up like finally Justin Thomas after three rounds is like hey I've got the length I could try to go for the green here and he finally did and I think he finally birdied the hole but just looking at some of the numbers you're not going to beat John Rahm when he gains 11 and a half strokes on approach over four rounds. You just not. And Max Homa came close considering the fact that he gained over 11 and a half strokes with the putter to finish (laughs) at 15 under uh, second place. I actually thought at one point there was a chance that Patrick Cantlay was actually going to steal this thing uh, going in because He kind of had gotten some separation. My closest guy was Colin Marikawa, and he kind of fell back. Had a very nice finish on Sunday, though, uh, 2-3-3. I'm like, I could have used that on Saturday. Ended up finishing T-6. But Patrick Cantlay, uh, I believe, ended up leading the field for strokes, gained T to green, and ended up finishing third. Uh, uh, Nice tournament for Matt Kuchar to finish top 10 was excellent T to green. Uh, Will Zalatoris looks like he is back, or at least close to being back, after that back injury that uh forced him off for the fall season, he played very well, finished fourth, sahib Figala, T6, Keith Mitchell, another top five. He was also top five at Pebble Beach. So a lot of guy, a lot of guys played very well this week. Uh Rory McElroy did not struggled on the weekend, really didn't make anything. Lost on the greens, I think, all four days and ended up finishing T29. So that's always the danger, by the way, Mm -hmm. because I saw an exchange with uh, Matt Brown and uh, one of the people on the Twitter machine saying, oh, why don't you just bet the best player? Well, I thought I did bet the best player with Rory McElroy <laughs> and he didn't come close. That's the danger of this. You can do that in short field events. Yes. Like you can do that at like the tour championship or you know, something where there's 30 or 40 guys in the field, or even one of the live events, which have 48. You can bet the chalk. It's tough to do in a full field event, especially an elevated event with these quality of players. Yeah,
3: and that that's really what I wanted to discuss. Uh, probably mainly today, because there's a lot. Of, I, I think there's a lot of that reaction right now, whether, uh, you know, whether, whether from, uh, I don't know, upset betters. And Hey, I'm an upset golf better right now. Okay. This is uh, after the amount of second place finishes on outrights I racked up last year, I've already got three this season and ROM's uh, ROM's burned me twice on Sundays. I, this is like me heading to the t- end of the counter to cash a ticket West. And he's just waiting there with a crowbar, take him out mm. my knees every time mm. uh, right at the end, you know, the last final steps. But look, I understand there's a lot of people out there where this is, there is the wrong we need to put into perspective from what he's doing as a golfer and how incredible it is and how to continue to attack golf from a betting standpoint. And I think that is the big thing we need to talk about today, because John Rahm, especially in events going forward, um... And what are we going to see him next, Wes? That would probably be Bay Hill. Is that what we're going to see him? Yeah, next? I,
4: I, I think so. Bay Hill being the next elevated event uh, in Orlando, the Arnold yeah. Palmer Invitational. Or maybe he, maybe he shows back up at the players. I would think that he would probably play Bay Hill. I think you're allowed to, like, skip one of the elevated events. Uh, maybe he elects to do that, but I wouldn't think so down in Orlando. I think that's going to be a really good field. Kind of get used to, you know, Florida now that we're starting the Florida swing. So, Probably Bay Hill.
3: Yeah. So, okay. So, so what I want to hit on here is how do you react to, and Wes Reynolds, who I love having on the, I love I love having on any show. Obviously we love talking to on this podcast, this guy's depth of sports knowledge and sports betting knowledge. I, I would put up against anybody, especially with his, even if it's not expert level betting knowledge on every sport, Wes, there's not many sports that you don't have advice to bet on. And golf is definitely one of your top ones. So, I want you to give your response, I guess, to a lot of people that are falling into the category now of John Rahm is the best golfer on tour. Why would you guys not be betting John Rahm every time he tees it up? He's won five out of his last nine events on tour.
4: Yeah. Look, it's, it's a fair question. He leads in scoring average to this year, 68.4. That's the average round that he has shot on the PGA tour this season. So you know, you, but you've had this before. This is not exactly unprecedented. Nope. And I'm not even talking Tiger level in the early to mid 2000s. We had a run where it's like, okay, Jordan Spieth looks like the best player in the world. We've had a run with Rory. We've had it with DJ. We've had it with Brooks Kepka. I remember uh, one time when uh, Brooks won his third major. If uh, if you wouldn't Gil Alexander asked me on a numbers game on Vison, do you think Brooks Kepka is going to win double digit majors? Yep. And I and I, I I answered no, mainly because of injuries. And of course, those injuries have now materialized for Brooks Kepka. If you watched any of the uh, Netflix Full Swing, I think he was profiled heavily in the second episode, along with Scotty Scheffler. But you know you don't want to underreact, but you don't want to overreact either. I think because there are still guys that are playing great golf out there. Mm-hmm. John Rom's just playing the best. It's not like Scotty Scheffler is playing terrible.
1: Right. It's not
4: like, you know, any of these max Homa. uh, you know, Rory McElroy, even though he's kind of disappointed in the last couple of events, he's never too far right. from winning. He's already won this year, by the way, over at the Dubai desert classic. So, All of these guys, you know, Zalatoris, I thought, played very well here at Riviera. So a lot of these top 10, top 15 guys, they're never too far away from winning. And I always say that about these guys. And, you know, when you get a little bit of a drift, like, you know, that's what you wait on. That's what I did with Justin Thomas a couple years ago at the Players Championship when he got up to 25 to 1. I'm like, yeah, I know he's not playing great, but he's reached that price threshold.
1: You know, when you get a JT...
4: Dustin Johnson, those type of players in in that time frame that reach that threshold, that's when you have to go in and and play the market. But you know, in terms of uh, you know, either if you don't want to fade John Rahm or you're uncomfortable doing it. You know, now you're getting him at the Masters, where I've seen him as low as like seven to one.
3: That's to win a major, exactly. and I, I don't know about you, Wes. And this is where this is where I think we need to to, to spin this conversation forward a bit. Is it's I'm sorry. I'm never going to bet that. I'm never going to yeah. bet that on anybody yeah. in that type of field. This is. Yeah. I'd much rather. Um. Did I? Did I? Did it cost me money this past weekend? Yes. That Max Homa didn't win. Of course, I had an outright bet on him. But I'd much rather be in the position I was in on Sunday with a very live twenty-five and twenty-eight well, eight to one ticket on Max Homa. Yeah. Going in there and then having. To hedge heavily on John Rom, the best golfer in the world, because he's John Rom. Obviously, I can't. I I know he's going to be in it at the end, um, but I don't. I don't. I just don't want novice golf bettors to get in the the idea out there that this is okay. This is John Rom. He tees it up. He's going to win every single week. This is like a cash machine. Mm -hmm. If you bet you bet seven to ones consistently on outrights in in golf, that is going to burn you eventually. We haven't seen anything anything that could have sustained that. I mean what? Since Tiger Woods Mm -hmm. way back Mm -hmm. when? But even that wasn't really sustainable because his odds kept getting adjusted. Right. This is I think this is one of those from an outright markets. You're not going to keep beating the sports books over and over again. Guess what? Those odds are just going to continue to get shorter and shorter and shorter. And I'd look, I'd even argue I'd rather bet the guy live at plus one ten. In the middle of Sunday's round, where I know he's only got one guy, two guys that he's right. really going up against, then a hundred and thirty guys before the event goes off. No, right? no, at, no, at, no at
4: I'm 11. I'm with you because I, I was having a discussion with somebody on Twitter. Goes, maybe this is just going to be his year where it's going to remind you and look, there's a lot of golf to be played here in 2023, but it's going to remind you of that bj singh season in 2004 where bj singh people forget they're like oh tiger just dominated every year the entire decade people forget bj singh won nine events yeah. in 2004 so maybe that is going to be with with rom and that's why it's like you know what depending on how the leaderboard shakes out. And I thought you brought up a good example of yesterday when it's not condensed, mm-hmm. when you don't have like six or seven guys within two shots, when you have, okay, Ram has basically got to beat uh, Patrick Cantlay and Max Homa because none of the other guys, you know, Mitchell, you could kind of tell. Mitchell Zalatoris, by the way, had to shoot seven under to finish in nice. the in the top four. So nobody was really that close. A couple guys had fallen back. Marikawa fell back early. Uh, Keith Mitchell wasn't making anything, so the, he was that far enough ahead where it was like, okay, this is now a three guy tournament. And what I would urge betters to do, even if you're not involved, I mean, and you don't end up placing a bet, look online whether it's DraftKings or whatever your book of choice they do update the live betting throughout the round and just watch. Maybe Mm -hmm. don't even place a bet. Just watch and see how the numbers move. Because you saw a lot of these guys that were on the first page of the leaderboard that didn't have a chance to win, and they get out to, like, plus Mm 20,000. You know, and it's like they don't have a chance. So you could kind of tell because that it was basically Rom and Homa. You know, when Homa, when he had that two-shot swing at 10 where Rom bogeyed and Homa birdied, then home, it became a slight favorite. Yes. But and that's Ram, Yeah. Rom that Rom was not too far down. I think what was the max? Maybe like $1.30 oh, or $1.40 yeah, on Rom. I know I know Matt yeah. got
3: Matt got in at a better plus price than I did. I don't remember what he said he got, but I, I, I got to think
4: $1.50 was like the max. I can't imagine
3: it was any more than that. Yeah. The best I was able to get was plus one ten, and then went back in on him on minus one twenty. Um but, yeah, I mean, look, this is another – it's another huge win for I uh, This is uh, – it, it's an interesting time because we're going to talk about, uh, you know, li- all the live stuff versus PGA. Obviously, you got the Netflix doc going on right now. It's mm-hmm. documenting some of that very well. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this is – I mean, Wes, I was worried about, I guess, the field not – you know, these fields not being as strong as what we've seen in years past. But, man, no problem so far when you're getting this kind of – These kind of results and these kind of action almost seemingly every Sunday that we've gotten so far this season.
4: Yeah, absolutely. I I think the longest price, though – That has been hit, and this was a non designated event. That was Siwoo Kim at 50 to one at the Sony Open in Hawaii. But Siwoo is a proven winner. I mean, he's won a few times on the PGA tour. So you you know, my rose that I hit at Pebble Beach, he's only like mid-30s. You know, he probably at a bigger event would have been like 60 or 70 to one or something like that. You're just not seeing the longer shots. Now, maybe this week at the Honda is going to be the outlier to that, obviously, because it's in the worst spot in the schedule. Yeah, the, that's, the fact right. that's that, really you know, killing me.
3: We'll get to yeah. we'll get to that in a minute, real quick. Okay. Before we wrap up on the Genesis, Tiger Woods. I think we need to talk about him a little bit. Um, you know, I think yeah, even with after all the questioning, right? Tiger's still saying, "Hey, this is uh, this is a long road back for me. The only thing I really expect to play for the rest of my career is majors, and maybe what you know some of these tournaments here and there. But it's all going to depend on my health." Um, Wes, I think as golf fans, we can all appreciate what we saw over the weekend. Finishes mm-hmm. Sunday with a 73. Uh, not ideal, but we're talking about finishing the tournament one under par for Tiger Woods, a guy that I had a miscut bet on. I think we all kind of bet, bet against in different ways. I, I had
4: but, to sweat that Luke Donald. The Luke backup.
3: Donald. <laughs> I can't say i you guys got that. That Luke only got Donald there by actual. one. Yeah, I only got there by by one. Um I, your, your big reaction to Tiger was obvious it was great to see him um uh, I'll be honest. It was awesome to watch him all this weekend. It was great. It was great to see him on Sunday uh, playing in a tournament. Man, was I happy, though, when he got off the golf course so we could actually switch the TV coverage back. Oh, to oh Mazda. yeah. Oh,
0: yeah.
3: So so you know what? Thank you, Tyre, because it doesn't sound like we're going to have to deal with that too many times throughout a year. But great to see him back. And great, great to see him. Uh, I mean, hitting some great shots. Right.
4: Yeah, and and where I was really impressed, I think the big takeaway for me, I I looked at his driving distance. He was 18th in the field for driving distance of yeah. the 60 plus guys that made the cut. He was at I think his average drive was 298.7. So yeah, he wasn't necessarily, and he was hitting it out there in the first two days. Some of yeah. those drives with JT and with McIlroy is. Uh, uh, he gave Justin Thomas a certain gift, which uh, uh, made a big <laughs> kerfuffle on social media. That'd I'm not going to go into that any further, but you know, I, the fact that he was hit—that that, that, you know—it looked like some distance was back with yeah. it, and 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 that, that's what really surprised me. Now, I think you know there is the debate. That, you know, some people are saying, "Hey, Tiger's going to win again. Maybe he will." I think he'd be an underdog to do that, but you can kind of see in what you mentioned a minute ago, he's only going to play majors and select tournaments. And I think those select tournaments are going to be places where he's going to be familiar. Cause mm. there was a discussion of like, and he was very noncommittal of where you were going to see him next. When he talked to Amanda Bionis and uh, Kira yeah. Nixon of golf channel, but I have a feeling maybe Bay Hill because yeah. he can still get into Bay Hill because he has the lifetime tour exemption and i he's a former winner like if tiger woods wants to play in the arnold palmer invitational he's gonna play yeah, and he's gonna a have way. a spot they'll yeah, find a way that's for it one way
3: or the other yeah and,
4: and that's where i think maybe is an event that he can sneaky compete in not because you know take aside that he's won the thing like seven times right. but the fact that the scoring you know he's never gonna win an event to me again where you got to shoot like 20 under to win the thing mm. he's just not now I think we're when, when maybe there's some wind or, you know, the weather can be a, a little bit difficult on some of the other guys. I think on courses where he can grind, he can compete. I'm not going to say he's going to win Bay Hill if he enters, but I think he can be competitive because you we've seen over the last couple of years, you're not shooting 15 under to win that thing. Right, You're shooting in the low sing low to mid single digits to win that thing. So that might be a place where he's going to – I think that'd be a good test for him physically too, especially if it's windy that first week of March and, and whatnot. I mean, maybe he waits until the Masters, but I have a feeling he might play one event before. Yeah, and it would su- either be Bay Hill or Valspar.
3: Yeah, it wouldn't surprise me either. I, I, thought, that, I thought the one thing that was refreshing from, from him this week was – I I mean, look. I think this is just kind of where he's at in his career. But he he was, I thought, amazingly honest, almost after every round about kind of what was working for him and what wasn't. The one thing I found interesting was him talking about, you know, how the injuries have are affecting him on the tee, but but affecting him where he's not as able. He's not able to hit as many a variety of shots off the tee as he's used to. But Mm kind of his one go go-to shot. I don't know if you caught him saying this at all, but his kind of go-to shot off the tee that he's been using for 20 plus years is the only, is the one thing that's working for him. Okay. Right now. And uh, you know, it, 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 works on some holes and it doesn't work on others. So that's where he was kind of getting himself uh, into trouble. Anything left, uh, anything more to say on the Genesis before we head to the Honda class?
4: Well, no, I mean, I know it didn't work out and look, I, I had some uh, placement, markets that you know negated a lot of the losses that ended up being a net negative for me made up for by what happened in thailand but you know that's what you have to do is yeah. you have to be able to use these markets they can mitigate losses where it's not like okay you're getting the same number on every outright and then all of a sudden you've had a terrible week you know unless you know unless you have the each way or or the placement markets. so look I, I i thought a very fun event and uh Unfortunately, for you guys, didn't get Max Homa home, but we are on to next week.
3: Yeah, that's right. Now, and, and with it is for for people out there, they've heard us bring that bring that up many times before. Guess what? We're going to continue to bring it up because I think that's the best. I uh, I think that's the best educational th- thing we can bring to to golf bettors out there. I know everybody wants to hit those seventy to ones and fifty to ones and forty to ones. Uh, Outrights is not not where you are going to continue to build your bankroll on. It is those finishing position bets. It's those tournament matchups. Those are, like Wes said, even if it means having a small, a small losing week, it's not a gigantic lose or or a big losing week that keeps eating away at your bankroll. Where all you're doing is betting outright. So you should definitely be exploring different ways, uh, more more so now than ever, in my opinion, with what we're seeing with Rom do. Uh, I know that I've dialed back the amount of outrights that I'm firing on every week uh, to look more into, you know, bet more into those markets. Mm -hmm. All right. We head to the Honda classic this week. Um, This tournament I covered for years working down in South Florida. Absolutely love it. Wes, you and I have talked about this several times before Uh, this course, one of the toughest tests of golf we will see all year on the PGA tour. I used to complain year after year about all these guys. And I'm, I'm talking to you, Tiger, Rory, Ricky. uh, I mean, I could go on and on. Justin Todd. I mean, how many of these guys live within 20 miles of this golf course and never show up because the course is too hard. I'm, I'm, I'm assuming from their perspective, it takes too much time for them to prep for it, that they don't want to waste that time when they could just take a week off. It's sad. Um, However, with these elevated events now, Wes, yeah, I think I think it's on the Honda that they might need to in the Honda who's losing that sponsorship. Right, I
4: was going to bring that up.
3: Yeah. Um I think it's time for those tournament directors to start considering another course in the area. And and, and stop me if you think I'm crazy here, but I'm thinking I think the, the 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 toughness of this tournament keeps those guys away and now that it's kind of in between all these elevated events I think if you actually picked an easier scoring course in South Florida, in that same area, there's plenty to choose from. Um, I think you could get more of these big big name guys to play who might be looking at it as more of a tune-up event for what they're going to get in the rest of the Florida swing. And Honda Classic fans like myself out there, that sucks to hear, but I think it's just more the reality of the state of golf right now.
4: Yeah, I agree. And look, uh, you know this isn't PJ National, the course that you mentioned in Palm beach gardens this is a jack nicholas design of course the uh the beneficiary of this event is run by barbara nicholas jack's wife uh, the nicholas children's healthcare foundation which honda by the way this event i think raised like six and a half million dollars last year honda actually you mentioned that they're not going to sponsor this after this year they are the longest running title sponsor on the pga tour they have been out there for over 40 years in this event so now you need to find a new sponsor do they go back to like uh, it used to be at the country club at mirasol or tpc heron bay you know a lot of probably what They haven't gone away from PGA is because Jack is the redesigner of this. Uh, uh, George and Tom Fazio uh, uh, went ahead and designed this in the early 80s, but there's a ton of history in this event, you know, back when it was Jackie Gleason as the host, Mm -hmm. so... There are a lot of great winners that have won this event. A kind of a who's who of golf. I would hate to see it go.
3: Yeah, I, w- I would too. But we're talking about okay, the field this week that we've got at the Honda. Shane Lowry, a guy I bet on last week at 125 to one. West. <laughs> is now second in this field at 14 to 1 right at the top of the outright board Sung JM 9 to 1 St. Lowry 14 to 1 Min Woo Lee 22 to 1 Danny McCarthy 22 to mm-hmm. 1 Alex Noren 22 to 1 Matt Kuchar who we saw play well last week 25 to 1 Kirk uh Chris Kirk 25 to 1 Aaron Wise 25 to 1 everybody else from there 30 to 1 or longer uh par 70 we're looking at a little over 7100 yards only two par fives on this course with it being a, uh, a par 70. You got plenty of water. Right? We haven't seen a lot of water over the past couple of weeks. You're going right. to see a lot of water here. Uh, 15 water holes here. This is the most over the past three years, more balls go in the water at this course than any other course on the PGA tour. Um, look, this is, this is tough everywhere, right? This is another really likely a very, it's a, it's a tough test to golf just like last week was just in a very different way. Right.
4: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, when we had no water at Riviera and then you got water on 15 of 18 holes here. So, you know, this is you're going to make bogeys here. You're going to make double bogeys here. And you, you just got to I think you look at the winning scores of the recent winners. Sep Straka won this at ten under. Matt Jones twelve under. Sunjay M six under. Keith Mitchell nine under. Justin Thomas eight under. So you've had some big names like J.T. Ricky Fowler, Adam Scott, Rory McIlroy win here at short prices, but you've had bombs here too. Sep Straka last year one hundred twenty-five to one. Patty Harrington four hundred to one. Russell Henley, Michael Thompson each at three hundred to one. So some of those names you mentioned, like that, are in the field at the top of the board just don't have the win equity to bet them so short. Yeah. So this is where I think you probably start in the mid range this, this week. And this might be a week, you know, we talk about, Hey, don't try to hit these bombs every week, especially in these elevated events. This might be one where you can go a little bit down the board here.
3: Yeah, I agree with you. I, I don't know if there's, I don't know how heavy of a betting week this is going to be for me. Right. You're, right. You're, you're right. I think that's probably the best strategy to go with. You got, uh, you don't have, you don't have, I mean, look, do, do, are Sungjae and Shane Lowry deserving to be in the spots that they are? Absolutely, they they are. By I think it's not even close. The two best players in this field this week. I think one of the guys that I was I was looking I was hoping to get a Shane Lowry number that would be bettable. But I I don't know yeah. if I'm jumping in on him at 14 25,
4: 25, I might have taken a shot, but exactly. not at fourteen. And of course, Shane Lowry's got the scar tissue last year when mm-hmm. he was the co leader on eighteen t on Sunday. Then it started to pour down rain. Seb Straka finishes a couple. Groups ahead of him, and Shane Lowry ends up
3: second. Yeah, one of my thirteen second place finishes uh, last year. Uh, up to three already this year. Uh, Wes, it's getting fun already. It's uh, it's becoming fun. I would say the one shorter shot guy I had my eye on uh is Chris Kirk at twenty. I'm uh, seeing twenty five to one at DraftKings, hoping to shop around, maybe find a better number than that. Chris Kirk uh, missed cut uh, at the at the Phoenix Open. Mm-hmm. But we saw a couple of nice finishes from earlier in the year. Third at the Amex, third at the Sony Open. Uh, this is a guy who's, you know, found success here before in the past playing this pretty well. He was T7 last year, T25 the year before that. So I don't know. I, you know, We're going to get into everything, all of our bets, all of our stats yeah. that we're looking at in tomorrow's long shots. But as far as names that I was considering off the bat, uh, he was one of them. Now that I've seen the odds, at least, I, Shane Lowry, I was hoping to bet, but I didn't think the jump was going to be as big as it was, I guess, uh, to to his odds being cut so low. Um, you know, Harris English, another guy to possibly look at this week. He finished well last week. Uh, another guy who has good history on this course. Um, as well again we'll get into everything tomorrow though as far as what we're looking at to bet in the honda classic tomorrow matt brown will be back with us Wes, any final thoughts on the honda or the genesis before we get out of
4: here no i i think that look i know that this is a weak field the honda classic you know based on you know right pga tour standards but there's still a lot of opportunity here and there's still a lot of guys playing for various motivations you mentioned one of them earlier minwoo lee a lot of these international players trying to get in that top 50 in the official world golf ranking which gets you in the masters if you're there at the end of the month so a lot of different motivations for a lot of different guys this week should be a good event
3: Yep. Absolutely. I love watching it every year. That's for sure. All right. That's Wes Reynolds. I'm Kelly Bidlin signing off here on a Monday episode of Long Shots. We'll be back tomorrow, Tuesday, to break it all down for you at the Honda Classic.
0: Here are three reasons Zin is America's number one nicotine pouch. We use food-grade ingredients. We have a wide selection of varieties. And they all come in two strengths. Find Zin at a store near you. Warning. This product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical.